Music starts in the mind and the heart continues in time forever as art and recording can either be tough and annoying or something that's clearly more lush and rewarding. It's gotta be better than just good or great. It needs to hit hard like Bay Ruth at the plate. From rock, hip hop, and dance music to blues or pop, hard bop, and swing music, you choose. As a working musician, I can truly relate. So let's rap about your project and schedule a date. My name is Matt Williams, producer at The Eagle Room. I'm grateful to have helped so many artists create their music in this wonderful space, where together we have the talent and tools to bring ideas into reality. The Eagle Room is an efficient, full production recording studio with in-house mixing and mastering, high-quality equipment, and award-winning attention to detail. Visit TheEagleRoom.com to find out more. Welcome to another edition of the Asheville Sound. Today I am joined by Ryan and Melissa of The Moon and You. Are you still running? Are you still running away? Do the nights take you out before they break you? Leave you all alone beneath the frame. And I'm here with the members of the Moon and You. It's Melissa Hyman and Ryan Furstenberg. How y'all doing? Doing all right, thank doing you. Doing great, yeah. Thanks for having us. Wow, really glad to have you on. I've um, been digging on all of your material you have um, on Spotify today, uh, getting to know your material. And I've heard some of what you've done in the past. I saw you perform a while back, uh, but I've never really you know, delved into your catalog. And man, some beautiful material. Really enjoyed listening to it. Thank you um, so much. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, and uh, I have a, a young daughter, too, who is really enjoying it as well. She's Aww. 18 months, and we spent all morning listening to it, and she loved it. That's really cute. <laughs> Makes me very happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, um, you know, it seems like your music, a lot of it is crafted in kind of that lullaby fashion, so uh, it, it's very appropriate for her age group. Good for babies. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, yeah. Our, our whole last album... Uh, that we put out in June of last year is all lullabies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that last one, uh, the big mystery, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was reading up on that and uh, I guess your intention was that each song is based on like a dream. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like different dreamscape on each track. Wow. Yeah. That's a really great record. And so is that your first concept album, I guess? Uh, we always have some type of concept album. Okay. Uh, usually they're not quite as uh, explicit as that, I feel. But uh, that one was an example of somebody coming to us with an idea. And... Yeah, that was a new thing for us. Where our, our good friend Gene Dolan came to us and said, uh, I need you to make an album of good music for babies because he had a new baby and was really appalled at all the baby music he was finding out there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. A lot of it is... It's pretty boring for adults to listen to. So. Yeah, and there's a lot of, like, yeah. these days I feel like there's a lot of MIDI, um, sort of very, like, electronic music for babies and young children that has yeah. no, like, organic instrument sounds on it. And, right. Um, so we were really happy to try to rise to that challenge. Our, our previous record, which is called Endless Maria, and I think it came out in March 2017, mm-hmm. that one had a concept to it as well in the sort of, 
on the sort of back end of it where we wanted to create an album that had a string quartet arrangement on every song. So it was maybe a different category of concept where it's more of like a production idea. Um, but that yeah. was also like incredibly fun and amazing uh, yeah. to make. I noticed I noticed that that album is a lot more string heavy. And did you do all the arrangements on that? Uh, it was we collaborative. Yeah, yeah, we, we mm-hmm. kind of did it in uh, a 10 day period in our friend's basement studio. And just all the musicians were contributing their ideas and it just kind of came together. Yeah, that's really how we love to work is like in a very collaborative way and really to tap into the brilliance of our our friends and our music community. Um, nice. Yeah. So you just gave them the, the basic idea and the chord changes and they just kind of worked it out amongst themselves? We all kind of figured it out together because I was one of the cellists. Mm-hmm. There were two cellos and two violins. Um, it mm-hmm. was Lindsay Pruitt from John Stickley Trio um, and... Uh, on violin obviously and Quetzal Jordan on cello from Tina and Her Pony and Mm. Lee Stanford um, and on violin as well and the four of us string players um, figured out a lot of the string parts like together Um, and there was some of the tracks on there where I took more of a lead role in the orchestration and then on one track called Sister um, I wanted to give Quetzal the the lead um, on figuring out the, the string arrangement. And I think she did a gorgeous job. Well, yeah, the title track, Endless Maria, the strings on that are just brilliant and gorgeous. And so, yeah, whoever was in charge of that one, they really knocked it out of the park. Thank that was you. one of the, one, one of those, or two of those were like arranged like live and recorded live. Uh, oh. And so that was a group yeah, effort, right? Right. Endless Maria and, um, and the, the bottom were both recorded, like all four string players sitting in a circle. The rest nice. of them we tracked individually. But I think for Endless Maria, we mostly just stuck to the chord changes mm-hmm. because the mm-hmm. changes I wrote for that song are so strange and mm-hmm. and pretty. I wrote it on the ukulele right after I got it. was like the first song I wrote on the ukulele, so I didn't know what any of the chords I was playing were. <laughs> yeah. So that can really be like a great way to unlock some cool creative <laughs> stuff what you're doing. just having no clue what you're I agree. doing <laughs> yeah that's one of those tunes that when i heard it i was like okay this has to be an ad- adaptation of like a, a classic folk song or something because it just had that timeless quality to it you know Aww. and now that's a, that's an original that's, that's straight out of your head <laughs> <laughs> and uh so we're gonna get back to that but let's back up a little bit um i was reading a little bit about your backstory and so um melissa you're from uh, I'm north, correct? Yeah, I grew up in the New York City area on Long Island. Okay. And Ryan, you're an Eastern North Carolina boy, right? That's right. From a little town called, uh, called Aiden outside of Greenville, North Carolina. Okay. Well, I know the area. I went to East Carolina for a few years. Okay. Yeah. You know, so. Do you know Aiden? Aiden? I don't know if I ever went through Aiden. What what side of Greenville is that? It's it's south about 15 minutes. It's in between uh, Greenville. I've probably driven through it. Yeah. <laughs> you and do you, a lot of do people. you have to go through it to get down to like Kinston and Uh yeah, you you pass it. Okay. Yeah. So probably a small farming community. Yeah, and I'd say now it's almost more of a like a uh, commuter community like for a people who work in Greenville. Bedroom community is that what they call it? Oh, okay. it's kind of so like it's... Long Island in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> the Greenville style, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, it's funny. I have a, uh, several friends who either live there or are from Greenville. Uh, which is, it's just this funny part of the state that there's really no reason to go there or there's no, you don't pass through there to go anywhere. It's just, you, 
if you're going there, you, you, it's because you're, that's your destination. You know, it's, that's right. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's very out of the way. From what I've heard, though, there used to be an interstate that went through there. And back then, like it was a stop on a lot of tours and mm. there were like multiple music venues and yeah. um, yeah. they would get big, big name acts. But then I guess when they changed the highway situation. I think it's when they built the interstate. Uh, yeah. They built some before, highway bypass. Before 95, probably. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So they used to get like the Allman Brothers and uh, Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews. <laughs> yeah. I've well, I mean, I remember I was there. Um, we'll see. What was this? 96 to 99, roughly. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the attic was happening. You've probably yeah. been there before. Oh. And peasants. Yeah. Um, those are the two big places at the time. I saw, you know, Matt Williams. Uh, well, yeah, he's my bandmate <laughs> actually. Yeah. Ah! yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this, John, we did that, uh, Beatles thing together last year. That's right. Oh, Asheville yeah. Beatles. Cool. We've done a few of those. Yeah. So I've known Matt since he was in high school. Uh, he, he dated oh. one of my friends and I, I remember seeing him at peasants when he was like, uh, still in high school. Was he doing his solo loop looper? thing? Doing a solo loop thing, yeah, just wowing the, the the crowds. Awesome, yeah. I thought you might know each other. I didn't put that <laughs> together. Uh, yeah, we're in a, a a party band together. We do a lot of weddings and uh, and we also do the the Beatles tribute for the Asheville Music School every year. Yeah, that was so fun. Yeah, yeah. we play a lot of weddings too. I miss that honestly. We we should be in the thick of the spring wedding season right now. Uh, and it's like, tell me about uh... it, man. Did you have a <laughs> Did you have a full calendar? We had a decently full calendar, but... We end up getting a lot of last-minute uh, things. And so mm-hmm. our, our wedding season's always pretty busy around the spring and fall. Yeah. Fortunately, um, a few of our clients have you know, wanted to reschedule and we've been able to accommodate those dates so far. Although, you you know, it's just really hard to know how things are going to look, say at the beginning of September. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All we can do is just kind of tentatively schedule and you know, cross our fingers. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. We have uh, a full book from August to December. Oh, but wow. I don't know. I don't, yeah. may, maybe. I don't maybe. know. <laughs> that's like a, it's a booking nightmare to just like yeah. book and then have to reschedule possibly. Oh, I my know. gosh. Yeah. I've had several weddings just schedule a year out. They just said, yep. okay, 2020 is not happening. Right. <laughs> Which is year. wise, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. That's uh, a good chance we'll be back to normal-ish by then. I, we'll I feel like I'm just not even bothering for the fall. We end up getting a lot of last-minute stuff usually anyway. So Yeah, we kind yeah. of haven't been really Touring. doing any booking. Yeah. Like we, we've like since all this, uh, since the, the quarantine has started, I feel like we have put a couple of things on the books and moved a couple of things down the road, but... Mostly we've been focusing on finding other ways to continue to have an income through music. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I know you're doing your online streaming. Are you getting uh, some donations through that? Yeah, we've been incredibly lucky so far um, and just feeling like, oh God, just so grateful and so supported by our community and our families and our friends near and far yeah we've been touring for since 2012 so you know mm. it's it's helpful we have a wide network yeah yeah that's true and like we've had former wedding clients tune in and we've had um you know all sorts of folks from all sorts of places uh hop on those those live feeds and and chime in and say hello and it feels really amazing to to have that every week just to like be reminded of all the people out there that to perform too. we know. And yeah, and just to have that experience of performing, which is really what we do and, and we miss it. 
Um, yeah. But what's it like performing in front of a camera instead of an audience? It's gotten less awkward, I think. Yeah, I mean, through yeah. repetition, I feel like we gotten we've gotten pretty ridiculously accustomed to it. You may, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you ever you were on our live stream uh, this past yeah. week, you probably noticed we were feeling pretty loose. It's pretty loose, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think a couple cocktails thing, in you. No, I mean even sober, we're just like oh, okay. shameless and ridiculous and like not that concerned about how we look i'd say i'd say one thing about it is uh though that i've liked is you know i play a lot of gigs where i'm background music a lot of biltmore gigs and restaurant gigs so it's nice to like not be doing that as much and for the time that i am performing people to actually be paying attention yeah it does feel good uh hearing on that i've done a few of those background um human jukebox gigs before Uh too I know it's a little demoralizing but a gig's a gig so sure yeah you know i found ways to like it but yeah. It's better to be paid attention to. Yeah, we've done a, a ton of those gigs together, and Ryan has done even more on his own, and um, it does kind of wear you down after a while. Although, as work goes, like it's pretty pleasant work. Yeah. It's not like digging a ditch or anything. Yeah, true. I mean, I guess there's no um, pressure to perform if, <laughs> right? if no, one's lo- no one's looking at you. <laughs> you just kind of do a little paid practicing. Um, That's right. But yeah, so we've been doing the the weekly live streams on Saturday nights at 8 on our Facebook page. Um, And then we've also been really fortunate to pick up um, a few recording gigs um, that have been really like fun and interesting. Some of them small, some of them large. Um, The small ones have been, so far we've done two theme songs. Yeah, one, Um, one for a YouTube video. Well, a YouTube channel. YouTube channel where our friend reviews horror movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's called so, Mark of Horror. So that was very oh. fun because we got to, you know, we've got a little home studio and like a MIDI controller. So we're doing like synthesizers and uh, screaming. screaming. <laughs> Just so like. You got to get out of your usual box, huh? Yeah. For sure. Get a little dark. Yes. Yeah. It was, that was Funny really dark though, fun. you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then okay. um, we also. Um, we were able to do a theme song for, um, I work for a nonprofit called Arts for Life, which is based here in Asheville and does art and music programming in children's hospitals across the state of North Carolina. Oh, like so, a music therapy? A kind of, yeah. Um, I'm not a music therapist. Um, mm-hmm. That involves licensing, but, right. um, but yeah. Same idea. Yeah, it's kind of similar in a lot of ways. And most of the programming is visual art. Um so as a as an organization obviously we've had to really pivot and make some major changes because we can't be in the hospitals so we've moved to doing um digital programming and we needed a theme song for all our like video lessons so ryan and i recorded one and that was really sweet and fun and we went very youtube video and did like ukulele and like shaker and snaps and (laughs) it's cute it's really different from the horror movie theme song (laughs) okay yeah i've been talking to several musicians during this pandemic and they've all had to just get very creative and adapt and survive just like that but we're used Um, to that you know especially as touring musicians but any sort of like long-time gig worker we're really used to hustling in lots of different ways and adapting to change and you know pivoting and so i've been feeling grateful for all those years of of training in just like dealing with curveballs the Asheville hustle the Asheville hustle (laughs) that's right tell me about it two or three jobs at once and Mm -hmm. a side gig on that yep 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 um, so you two are a uh, a married couple um, powered 
power couple, uh, so to speak. <laughs> I've never so, thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you uh, you met through music. Is that right? That's yeah. right. Yeah. I think we okay. first probably saw each other at the brown bag songwriting competition back when it was at Mo Daddy's yeah. in 2010 or 11. Okay. 2010. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, did you uh, start playing together and then found that you had more of the musical chemistry? Uh, it was actually, well, it was kind of the opposite. Our first date was uh, playing at nursing homes in Greensboro. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But we were in two different bands that toured, so we didn't really play a lot together or even oh. see that much of each other for the first year right um, yeah but then both of our bands broke up so then we oh. started playing together all the time <laughs> well, that kind of worked out huh? yeah, yeah they, they <laughs> parted ways like within weeks of each other so. yeah wow that's yeah serendipitous that's it's the awesome. end of 2011 yeah, yeah. wow it's, uh, it seems like the, the universe was at work there for you <laughs> yes or at <laughs> least coincidence yeah okay uh and then um I know on your records, you, you flesh it out with full band sometimes. Uh, do you always tour as a duo? Yes. Uh, We've toured as a trio. Yeah, that's true. We, it's tough to bring people because, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to make money on the road. And uh, yeah. it's tough to pay other people. So yeah. we'd love the opportunity to bring a full band. But as for, for now, it's just way easier to be portable as two people but oh, we've yeah. done multiple trio tours with dulcie ellenberger mm-hmm. from Flute. um oh yeah i've worked with her she's yeah. definitely like family to us um oh, she's great and we've toured with ryan lassiter yeah um, an amazing drummer and singer and with yeah. our friend andrew platt who yeah. plays bass um so we've we've definitely like had really fun opportunities to bring a third person on tour but beyond that it just becomes economically uh kind of difficult to figure out how, how to, to pay everybody yeah because yeah. you want to make sure you're paying people what they're worth and yeah. then we, we got to bring home what we got to bring home too it's yeah. different when you're 20 something <laughs> oh that's true yeah touring is yeah. much easier in your in your 20s uh you don't mind sleeping in vans so much right um, and it's much easier, I'm imagining, for an uh, uh, acoustic duo to go on the road, too, because a right. lot less equipment and uh, yep. just uh, roll in one vehicle and no problem, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. We tour either in a, a Honda Fit, which is small. Oh, yeah. Or our we also have an Element, although she's kind of, she's gotten she's, up there in yeah. years, long in the tooth, but that's also, a great tour vehicle. We've also toured, uh, when we fly out to places, not bringing a single instrument and either renting or borrowing everything. Oh, Wow, yeah. that's economic. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, we but, uh, have done five European tours, uh, and I think wow. most of them we've brought Ryan's acoustic guitar mm-hmm. um, as like a carry-on. <laughs> but we're like not trying to pay extra for luggage. Like we are so cheap, so <laughs> we're just, you know because you have and to. Cellos are bulky too, I guess. Yeah. Uh, were, yeah. were you able to rent one over there? Yeah, yeah I've rented and borrowed cellos in Europe. Um, I've been really amazingly fortunate that way we've borrowed banjos also from friends over there um for ryan to play and when we are on tour it's very rare for us to get a hotel room or a motel room we mostly have as a duo it's just much easier to like impose on your friends and family uh (laughs) instead of calling them up and being like there's seven of us (laughs) (laughs) also in the like kind of folky community you know a lot of venues put you up yeah, that's true too. Uh, 
Oh, yeah. That's Is that over in Europe? That's more common? Definitely yes. over in Europe, but here too, you yeah. know, especially if we're playing house concerts or like just uh, okay. kind of Unitarian churches and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, like a concert series, like, you know, that's run by music lovers who are retired and, you know, are wonderful hosts and want to show you some hospitality. I feel yeah. like that's kind of our wheelhouse is like older folkies. And gotcha. that community is very warm and welcoming and generous. Yeah, that's a that's a good um, network to be in too. Yeah, and, uh, uh, I want to get into uh, your your training um, in your formative years, um, Melissa. You're classically trained, right? Yeah, I had a wonderful cello teacher when I was a kid named Suzette Hollas. Um, R.I.P. <laughs> she was amazing. Um, but I and I was like in youth orchestra and school orchestra. But by the time I got to college, I had some really dumb ideas about thinking I knew all I needed to know about music, which is so crazy. <laughs> that is so crazy. I was real dumb. Um, so I have some regrets about my training because I really could have taken advantage of more opportunities to mm. learn about theory and like play more with other string players. I did um, in my, I think like junior and senior year of college, I um, joined a couple of chamber groups with music majors um, at my school and that was really um, enlightening and helpful. Okay. And then um, you were able to eventually break out of the, the classical mold and uh, get into other, other styles? Yeah, right around that same time when I was in college. Like, I've always just been really drawn to musicians. I always, like, have wanted my friends to all be musicians. <laughs> I love being around people who sing and play. Mm-hmm. So um, I was just, you know, jamming with my buddies who played guitar and sang um, and just started to learn at that point how to improvise a little bit and how to play without sheet music and play by ear and moving to Asheville and becoming part of this incredibly welcoming, collaborative, warm music community, which I moved here um, in the middle of 2007. um, That also like pushed me further along that road of like getting to jam with people playing all different styles and learning more about improvisation and just being really inspired by all these amazing musicians here. Yeah, I hear you. And I know I, I've done my time in classical circles, and I know a lot of classical players have a hard time getting off of the printed page. Yeah. Um, did, did you have an issue with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it took me a really, really long time to get fully comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know when it was that I stopped being kind of like worried about that uh but it wasn't that long ago (laughs) yeah on on the job training right right exactly which has always kind of been my style i'm like yeah i can do that and then i'll just learn (laughs) as i go (laughs) (laughs) good and uh what about you ryan uh i'd read that you uh cut your teeth on uh i guess classic rock and uh and country uh, I was in like a kind of a high school rock band uh, up until I moved to Asheville, actually. And so we were kind of somewhere between classic rock and indie and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so, yeah, I've just always just played music kind of uh, informally, I guess, just uh, playing whatever you feel. Okay. And um, it seems like the music you do now, there, there's definitely a country bend, uh, but it's not country music per se. 
Uh, and I, I hear you turn on the twang sometimes. Uh, <laughs> you know, you I, to. I, I, I think it's in me. You know, I, yeah. I think that's like probably the closest thing to, uh, you know, a music that I grew up with. Or yeah. I don't know. My my grandpa was a country DJ. Um, His name was Hillbilly Harold. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> he used to smash Elvis records on the air because he hated Elvis so much. Yeah. <laughs> that's all, was, was that down east? Uh, actually, it, it was, but he's uh, my my dad grew up in New Mexico, so oh, they okay. they used to have all these country artists come and stay with them when they performed on the radios. Um, mm-hmm. And one of those musicians actually was Glenn Campbell, and my grandpa wow. always hated him because he left without paying like his uh, I guess they room and board he, or room and board. Really? He di- yeah, he died owing Ryan's grandpa fifty bucks. And we got to we were playing at the uh, you, you know that five hour gig at the Biltmore in the gazebo. Yeah. We were doing yeah. that, and lo and behold, uh, I think his name was Dylan Campbell. Yeah, his son Glenn came Campbell's up, son. so I got to bring up the old. Uh, <laughs> oh, the debt goes down the debt. to his kids. Right? So. <laughs> no, we did not ask him. I for did money. rip him about it. He totally should have asked. Him. <laughs> I want my fifty dollars. <laughs> he was very nice. <laughs> With inflation, nice. it's probably like yeah. thousands. Two hundreds, yeah, at least. <laughs> it's at least hotel price somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so uh, I want to get into some of the tunes uh, um, we're going to showcase today. Um, so you have three albums out, and uh, the tunes we're going to showcase are on your first two records. Um, the first one being Clever Worms. This is off A White Light That Sings. First of all, that's an awesome title. Uh, is there a, a story behind that? Uh, I don't think so. It was pretty stream of conscious. Uh, I wrote it right when we got together. And mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, that, that was just the weirdest combination of words. And I, a lot of times I pick my song titles by that. Whatever is the, the most lyric. unusual lyric in the song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is one of your tunes that definitely leans closer to the indie rock side. Yeah. Um, uh, and you literally pull out the bells and whistles because there are bells and whistles on this track, <laughs> which is pretty we, awesome. We go pretty wild with a home studio. You know, you can just do anything you right. want. I know. It's but it took us like about a year to make that album, yeah. right? With Ryan Lasseter. He produced it and, and recorded it with us and played drums and sang on it. Um, and yeah, we really felt free to get weird because we were just <laughs> in our house in Hendersonville at the time. Uh, you know, you can really throw... There's like an actual train whistle, right? One of those wooden children's toys on that album. There's all sorts of crazy (laughs) stuff. Yeah. And there's also a great clap track on this record, which I know is is silly, but I'm a sucker for a great clap track. And and you like the Beatles, I get it. Exactly. I think this is one of our more Beatles-y tunes. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, So, and this also brings to light that your tunes, it seems to be, you know, Ryan, you'll sing your tune, and then Melissa, Melissa takes a, t- uh, a lead on another tune. Um, uh, do you normally write the songs that you sing, or do you ever trade them off back and forth? That's usually how it works. Uh, yeah, we write the songs that we sing. Generally. But we've collaborated okay. in on a fair amount of songs, too, where totally. Melissa will have chords. Like Endless Maria, she had chords, and we wrote the, the lyrics on a car ride once. Right, that's yeah. true. And then even more commonly, we've done... Mm. The opposite, where I will write lyrics and then bring them to Ryan and be like, I can't play guitar well enough to find the chords for this. Can you help me? Um, so, like, um, that's true of one of the other songs I think we're going to hear today, which okay. is Diamonds. Um, but generally, 
generally whoever wrote the lyrics sings lead. Okay. Uh, and uh, Melissa, do you play any other instruments like piano or anything? I, you know, I took piano when I was really little, like six or seven, okay. but um, I play guitar fine, you know, mm-hmm. and I play ukulele. Um, okay. But cello, cello is my main instrument, although I don't know that I've ever written a song on cello. It's like, it doesn't okay. lend itself as easily uh, for my brain to songwriting. Um, so I mostly have written on guitar and ukulele. Yeah, that makes sense. Because cello is more of a melodic and supporting instrument than a, a chordal instrument, I suppose. Right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, on this tune, Clever Worms, we have Ryan singing lead on this one. Um, and this also has the uh, uh, a nice string quartet going, right, in the background? It's just cellos. It's, it's just, just Melissa. <laughs> oh, really? It, yeah. yeah. There's some of it that's so high it sounds like a violin, but that's a cello? That's me on the cello. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It has quite a range. I didn't realize that uh, it could get that high. I love that about cello. It can be like, cause I, as you probably noticed um, when you saw us play, like I use it more like a bass a lot of the time when we're playing yeah. as a duo. Although that changes as soon as we add a bass player to the mix. Um, right. Andrew, Andrew Platt once at a sound check for a show was like, Melissa, remember not to play bass, please. <laughs> <laughs> Step on my toes, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's great because, yeah, you can get real fiddly with it. You can get up really surprisingly high if you are mm. brave. Yeah. It, you so really rarely hear it played up in that register, though. That's why I guess I was thrown off. But yeah, I, you, I very rarely do that because it is physically, uh, it's painful. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, you got to really reach. It's but your intonation position. is really so spot on, and that's Thank that's you. where you can hear your, your training coming, so coming nice. handy there. Uh, so this is the tune Clever Worms by Moon and You. I don't know what became of Mallory Just so far from the person that she used to be Back then it was so frivolous With everything the two of us would sing Just feeling like a turtle with no shell She was looking for a good time Now she's dancing Yeah. 
Feeding on the compost They're swimming in the dirt But you've got to stay alert Some melodies are remedies That lift you up and heal you till you hurt On your car With your reasons When you're back here with ryan and melissa from moon and you uh the next tune we're going to check out is diamonds uh now this one i was really impressed with because uh, it shows off your uh your jazzy side <laughs> and the the trumpet and clarinet arrangement on this is so awesome it just, it's just it's amazing uh, what what was the story behind that um our dear friends charlie humphrey who played the trumpet the story about the song or the horns uh, you know, the horns first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Charlie Humphrey played trumpet and Hank Widmer played the clarinet on that. And that um, was, that's one of my favorite things about that album, A White Light That Sings, is that particular, um, the horn section on this song. It's very much like, um, like a, is it Benny Goodman or like that that style of jazz that you would hear in like a Woody Allen film? Uh huh. Yeah, kind of cabaret jazz. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. Par- Parisian jazz. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And Ryan, your guitar playing on this uh, song is really impressive because, uh, you know, you guitar players out there know jazz guitar. Those chords are not easy. <laughs> <laughs> Finger twisting, moving around. You know. Um, well, do you have much I, of a background in that? You know, I've I've always uh, I had a lot of friends in music school, so I got to learn from them. Uh, okay. So I wasn't just the country strummer, but uh, yeah. you know, it helps to have infinite time to work out a part. I'll say, you know, like I couldn't just play that style of guitar uh, improvisationally. Right. Okay, <laughs> yeah, but it was super um, fun to like scratch that itch. Yeah, and when yeah. I brought like the melody and lyrics to you and said like can you help me put this to music? I feel like it wasn't very hard for you to I remember that. That was pretty early in our relationship. Just yeah. like finding finding the chords and he's I don't know. I love Ryan's imagination and approach to the guitar um cuz I feel like he's always looking for interesting voicings and just trying to like not not just going for the easiest option Mm -hmm. but like really trying to serve the song and and um make it sound as full and as beautiful as possible we kind of both we both love the great american songbook so we right sometimes put that in our songs if we can (laughs) yeah diamonds could be in there no doubt and (laughs) and the vocals on this tune are are really gorgeous too and and the lyrics are are definitely remarkable what's the story behind that well, uh, the way I always introduce it when we play it live is that, um, well, when Ryan and I met, he was really skinny and broke. <laughs> <laughs> he well, was standard musician. I was living yeah. that tour life of uh, being in a rock band, playing, you know, 
bar weekend gigs warrior. all over the place on the weekends. And, and yeah. like yeah. eating beans. Living on pennies. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Um, there was like a moment very early on where I was, um, he was going to come visit me at my house and he called me from the gas station by his house and he was like, he, he had a tire on his car at the time that was had a leak in it. And he called me from the gas station. He was like, I don't have 75 cents for the... <laughs> To put more air in my tires, so I oh, can't man. come over. So, so this song, I just you know, it's about priorities. It's about like looking at that situation and being like, That's "That guy's fine. funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's not what's most important to me, and it never has been." Gotcha. Well, let's listen to the tune "Diamonds" by Moon and You.
back here with Ryan and Melissa from Moon and You. The next tune uh, is on uh, their album Endless Maria. Uh, it is uh, the title track. Uh, and we had mentioned this t- uh, album earlier, um, but uh, what is what is the inspiration to this title, Endless Maria? I, this was like stream of consciousness. Yeah. It's like... Mm-hmm coming up with words to this melody in the car uh it just kind of came out i don't know yeah i don't know where we were driving to or from but we were on tour um the actually the origins of this song are at the swananoa gathering i don't know if you're at all familiar yeah a little bit yeah um it's a a series of folk art workshops at warren wilson college and um, i have worked there the past several years as the children's program coordinator Mm -hmm. um and one of the perks of the job is after the kids program is over, there's still two more weeks of the gathering and I can take classes. Um, so I was taking a songwriting class with Don. Oh my gosh. I Henley? No, not Don Henley. Oh, I wish I could remember. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad that I'm blanking on his name, but he's awesome. He's a wonderful uh, teacher and just like a really charismatic person um so i love his songwriting classes and he had us pair off um and so uh one of us in the pair would write the lyrics and then the other would set it to music so the origins of the chord progression for endless maria was that assignment um i was paired up with a wonderful musician named daniel barber um who you may know in town and Mm -hmm. he he wrote a beautiful lyric about finding something in the attic of an old house. Um, And so I took his words and set them to these chords. This is the song I was talking about earlier where I was just learning to play my ukulele. And then I just took his lyric back out of it since that wasn't mine. (laughs) And then Ryan and I wrote a new lyric to fit that chord progression which is kind of like a really cool sort of songwriting exercise that i would like to try again someday and to not have to write a second verse i just got melissa to sing it in french (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's like yeah because the last verse is french that's right yeah Yeah. so it's just the same words again but translated oh that's a beatles trick (laughs) yeah that's right right. say it in french and it'll sound sound good (laughs) (laughs) um and this brings up another point um Melissa, are you trilingual? Because there's another tune where you sing in Spanish. Yeah, I am just a nerd. I love languages, and I've studied French and Spanish quite a bit in my life. I majored in Spanish in college, but ah. up until my sophomore year of college, I was taking French classes ever since middle school. And I've lived um, and worked as an au pair in Switzerland with a French-speaking family for oh, a wow. year, and we've traveled quite a bit. Um, so I just i don't know i just love um reading and singing and learning in in french and spanish um and my next language that i would love to learn is portuguese oh yeah i bet that one's kind of tricky especially if you already know spanish because there are some similarities there right very similar yeah and i feel like portuguese is like kind of like spanish with a french accent but it's not but it's like (laughs) kind of (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always thought it's funny how such a small country like Portugal has their own language. Like, they were like, well, they were a major empire. Yeah. I mean, but they had their own language long before that. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. But, I guess they shrank down to their current size, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this tune uh, also has some really brilliant uh, banjo on it. Uh, gorgeous counter melodies yeah, thanks. Uh, yes. on the verses. Uh, how'd you come up with that part? Just sitting in the studio. Uh, <laughs> that's it. You know, just brought out the banjo and that's what, what works. That's what came out. Came out. I yeah. love Ryan's approach to the banjo because I think it's always like very tasteful and it's never, it never sounds like bluegrass. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah. I would love to learn more bluegrass because I really love it. But uh, I, I think we've been touring. That was like two or three trips to Europe. So I feel yeah. like there's a little bit of that. I don't know. European the, style. Yeah, on the banjo, like a little bit of classical influence. Yeah, it's almost, I feel like you treat it a little more like a lute or something. It's really Yeah, cool. it is very unique. And, and in my opinion, the bluegrass thing has been done enough, so you might as well just pioneer your own style like that. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, it does sound like more of a European style to me. Uh, do you play it in a standard tuning? Is it a five-string banjo? It's a five-string banjo, and I play it with picks. Uh, and, okay. you know, usually when I play it, it's got at least like a bluegrass flavor to it, but that's just not what was called for for that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it's closer to the old-time style. Um, I came up in you know, the local scene here. My parents were really oh, big nice. into old-time, blue- yes. mostly old-time and bluegrass and folk. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, I, I grew up going to, like, fillers conventions and things like that over the summer. Nice. Fun. And, and uh, you know, the real deal, dudes who are no longer around anymore, you yeah. know, those guys, and um, uh, got, you know, intrigued with the, the battle between the old-timers and the bluegrassers and I always thought that was pretty hilarious. So <laughs> even in such a, a benign genre, you know, uh, that there's still these little kind of pecking orders. Oh, yeah. The old time people are serious. They're I know. conservative. Yeah. yeah. I know. We just <laughs> we just don't like rules, especially for like something like music. You know, I just don't. Mm-hmm. We're not traditionalists. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Well, we start labeling things and that's where we get in trouble. Right. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. do have a lot of respect and, and affection for the old time community. I, the Most of my encounters with that kind of music and the people who play it has been through this one. I know a gathering. There's a whole old time week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, whenever I've tried, to, there's a lot of jamming at the gathering. And whenever I've tried to join an old time jam with my cello. <laughs> yeah, they, they will have that. Yeah. Oh, God. I feel like they just generally will pretend I'm not there. Like <laughs> That's been my experience trying to join jams like that. Too. They're just like, we don't see you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've been there, too. It's hilarious. <laughs> they just kind of start turning their back towards you. Slowly. Just like skipping right past yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, let's get back on track here. Uh, we're going to listen to Endless Maria by Moon and You. Sing me to sleep, my endless Maria. Father 
back here with Melissa and Ryan. The last track we're going to showcase is Brown Recluse. Um, so hopefully none of you have had a close encounter with the Brown <laughs> Recluse before, but uh, yeah, they're, they're nasty little buggers. Um, d- is this uh, uh, some sort of a, a metaphorical uh, slant here to the lyrics? Yeah, I was, uh, we were both living up, you know where Jupiter is? I guess you're, you're from here. Yeah, so you sh- yeah. yeah. So we had we were living in a house up there that had a lot of land and you know your imagination can just go wild a little bit and there's lots of weird critters out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um and uh it's kind of about me visualizing that and it's also kind of about just climate change and uh I don't mm. know cons- paranoia. Yeah, paranoia and oh. conspiracy and uh, Yeah, I feel like there's a political flavor to it. Yeah. Um in the in the metaphor somewhere. Like yeah. people kind of pulling strings in a shadowy way. Yeah, kind of the uh, just sensing menace, whether it exists or not. Yeah. Yes, that's the word menace. Yes. Uh, and, and yeah, the the atmosphere on this track is uh, definitely palpable, especially in the bridge where you get kind of free and spacey. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's, that's a really cool way to, to kind of bind it all together and, and get the atmosphere of what you're going for in the lyrics. Um, yep. I got to say that one was very fun to play with the drummer and the strings. It's kind of got like, a, it's one of the more metal moments the moon and you has. It's, it's our most metal song, uh, I believe. And I want to give a major shout out to Ross Montsinger who played drums, drums on that, on that track, on that whole mm-hmm. album. And Liz Maria, um, I feel like he really, really shines on this one and like really makes it. Um, it's just, it's just such like a moody drum track and yeah. it's so colorful did you give him any direction or just tell him to do what sounds we don't good usually give ross direction he, he doesn't just, need much yeah he just does what he wants yeah. <laughs> nice. yeah that's that's what makes a great studio drummer is where they yeah. can really tap into the vibe you're going for and and make it work yeah 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 especially without just doing the standard backbeat thing you know right yeah Great. Well, this is uh, the tune by Moon and You called Brown Recluse. I can hear you crawling in the tall grass I can smell the poison on your tongue I have been too afraid to love Would you bite my arm while I'm sleeping? Would you tear the air out of my lungs? I want you to know that
back here with the moon and you. Um, we had spoken before we started rolling about the Asheville Music Professionals um, a program they're doing uh, during the pandemic to feed musicians. And uh, want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So if you go to um, Asheville Music Professionals uh, Facebook page, it's also called AMP. I want to say their Facebook page is like AMP dash Asheville Music Professionals, but just give it a little search. Um you will find posts um, advertising this, yeah, this service that they're providing. It's amazing. Um, throughout the month of May on Tuesday evenings from 6 to 8, you do have to register ahead of time um, so that they know how many meals to make, but they are giving out free, delicious food. Um, last week, it was like a panini with turkey and bacon. It was so good. And then this week, it was a pulled pork barbecue sandwich with coleslaw comes with chips and a cookie it's like and hand sanitizer, and hand sanitizer from eda ryan distillery wow. um it's just very heartwarming and lovely and and if you also go to that website you'll see uh, a list that uh jessica thomason put uh of like financial resources for mm-hmm. musicians and mm-hmm. uh medical resources for musicians uh they're just such an incredible organization supporting our community uh uh, and it's not just musicians either. It's like all music professionals. So, you know, um, everyone who works in the biz. And I want to mention also that as of yesterday, they had a hundred free Ingalls $50 gift cards left that they want to send out to musicians. Um, oh. So that's like slightly more complicated than signing up for the, the Tuesday night dinners. But mm. Um, you just have to make an AMP profile, right? Yeah, you make a profile on the AMP website, and then you request your gift card, and they'll just mail it to you, and you can get some groceries. Ooh, hot tip. I like yeah, that. Yeah, get on All it. All right. All right, I'm going to check it out. Um, yeah, do you know what restaurants are uh, supporting this initiative, where they're getting that food from? I actually, they yeah. haven't mentioned any restaurants no, um, in the okay. publicity for it, so I'm not sure where the food is coming from, but it's okay. delicious. <laughs> well, whoever they are, thank you. That's a, yeah. a really generous uh, gesture. Yeah. And yeah, okay, so let's spread the word and uh, get the musicians fed. Uh, we don't need any more skinny musicians running around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're not playing weddings, so we're missing out on all that wedding food. <laughs> oh, I don't know about you, but uh, that's not the that's not the perk of weddings, man. It's not it the perk, like but it's, it's always dried out chicken and rice. That's what they give us. Well, I don't know. We've Do you been get lucky? really lucky. Do you get lucky? Yeah. We get kind of homier weddings, so sometimes it's like a pig picking. Oh. I don't know. The people that hire us, it's uh, I don't know. Because we're like not your typical wedding band, you know. So yeah. I feel like we often get like the royal treatment somehow. Maybe it's also just because there's two of us, so they're not like we can't afford to feed all. That's nine probably of you. it. You know, yeah. But I, I feel you on the. You know, some of the like venues, venues if they have kitchens, uh, you'll get the dried out chicken and rice. Sure, exactly. They give yeah. you what's in the back of the fridge, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. It's free. You can't really it's complain. Free food. That's right. Yeah. Well, you can you can complain on on the podcast. Okay. I'm not <laughs> complaining right now. Just so. not there. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, Ryan and Melissa, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate you making time uh, to do this, and uh, I wish you luck in the future, and I can't wait to see you on stage again. Thank you so Thank much. You. This has been really fun. Sorry, Ryan, I No, that's okay. Yeah, that's, what I, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Thanks for reaching out, John. I uh, hope to see you sometime soon. Yeah. Take care. And that does it for another edition of the Asheville Sound. I want to thank Ryan and Melissa for joining me today. Please check out The Moon and You on Spotify and all the other links on this page. 
and continue to support their awesome, brilliant original music. And until we meet again, y'all take care now. Virtual live streaming online music lessons are here. Need to brush up on your guitar skills? Improve your singing voice? Remember how to play that old dusty piano in the corner? Well, Asheville Music School has got you covered. They teach students of all ages, yes, adults too, and skill levels, and any style of music you're into. Visit AshevilleMusicSchool.org to inquire and learn about dozens of great music teachers. Asheville Music School is a nonprofit organization strengthening Western North Carolina communities through music education and outreach. Once again, visit AshevilleMusicSchool.org for all your music learning needs.